Yo, what's happening, y'all? It's a pleasure to be able to have you on the podcast and listening today. Today, we got a masterclass in sales from Joe Graham. Joe's a great individual, a great friend, a great leader, and I wanted to take the time to pick his brain because he consults full-time and even has a corporate job where he's able to kill it with sales with doing it within a limited time frame. So we're definitely going to get you those keys to be able to succeed. The second thing is going to be Alpha Influence Media. If you're looking to take your podcast to the next level, if you're looking to get aligned with the perfect guests that link with your message to your show, you're willing to get on those podcasts and streamline the process so you can maximize your influence, tap into that new audience and be able to increase those downloads. You're going to want to click on the 15-minute discovery call. I'm going to be able to hook you guys up and get you aligned with exactly who you need to be in the room with so you can just focus on dialing in on your content and what you're good at. Second thing there, we're going to thank our sponsors, uh, MyFitLife. It's a tremendous opportunity for us um, to be able to have these products that actually work. So the CBD sports gel, like I said, every week, you know, I'm putting that on my joints to make them feel better. I'm pushing through workouts. That's something that I need because I can't even roll out of bed sometimes with how bad they feel in the mornings um, to where I have to use it all day to kind of prepare myself for that event I'm doing at nighttime as well as a full spectrum uh, CBD that's going to do it for you as well kind of give you that relief work on it it's not going to take it away 100% it's definitely getting you there so much better than what you were doing before the code is going to be TWP20 it's going to be 20% off you're going to want to click that up today we got Joe Graham let's give this sales masterclass a shot have you ever wondered why winners keep on winning when you look at those people and all they seem to do is win when they find ways to win when things get tough that's the winner's paradigm the winner's paradigm is simply recalibrating your mindset so you can achieve everything you dream of your definition of success in life on this podcast we interview those winners we ask them how they got their wins we talk about trauma we talk about adversity we talk about work ethic we talk about lessons learned so you guys can have those tools to be able to recalibrate your mindset my name is alundis havens i am your podcast host and the founder of the winner's paradigm i'm going to be taking this to new heights so i can be able to show you guys exactly what it looks like when you detail your journey and be able to get those answers from people who have been there and done that this is the winner's paradigm let's get this my man joe thank you so much for coming on the podcast today it's been a tremendous honor getting to know you on a personal level really catching up with you on facebook hearing about um, all the sales tips you give and then even interviewing on your podcast so what i want to do today give you the floor to shine on our podcast the winner's paradigm you share your story and then we go and give everybody a sales master class because that's kind of been an underlying theme with me. I'm a big sales guy as well. So I'm always looking to get better. And even being friends with you, I started to rub, you started to rub off on me, excuse me. And I started to be like, oh, picking up these things Joe does, because essentially that's what we do with salespeople. We figure out, you know, how to fill those gaps, how to get better time and time again. So thank you again, Joe. Would you mind giving us a couple minutes and, and talking about who you are, brother? Sure. And thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate you a lot. Um, funny thing is, is, I did not choose sales. I fell into sales. So I grew up in the Midwest um, where you get a job, you get married young, you're supposed to work there for 50 years, retire, yada, yada, you know, the old school American dream. Well, I was working for a company you've heard in the news called Pfizer. Good company. I was in college trying to get my degree and everything, and they started downsizing. So I had a wife, I had kids, and I'm like, crap, I got to do something. I literally took a risk on a 100% commission job 
Uh, the guy's name was Charlie Mounts. I had no idea what I was doing. I was scared out of my mind. I think we talked about this before, but like yeah. on my first deal, the first deal I tried to do, I looked at the customer and said, I can't do this. And the guy goes, bro, I'm going to buy anyway. I like home people. You're good. Just relax. So my beginning awesome. experience with sales was not like revolutionary, awesome, great, whatever. But over the last 15 years, I've been in multiple sales roles, learned a bunch of different trades. The last three years, I've won what we call president circles for a multi-billion dollar company. Um, I've won quarter awards as high as 270% to plan for the quarter. Um, so like I've been in sales. I understand sales now. I love the aspect of sales. And then I just hit this time where I'm like, I'm making over 100000 a year, which is great. And I'm like, man, I can go to Disney with the kids and not feel stressed. Oh, my wife and I can go to Hawaii. We can go on trips because my thing is trips. You know, some people, you see the fancy cars, all this stuff. My thing is trips. And I'm like, after this, I'm like, well, what else am I going to do? And I'm like, I want to help other people get to that same level and that same feeling. And here's the thing that most people forget, because you see the Lambos, you see all the crazy cool stuff on the internet and Instagram and all. That's cool. I'm not against it. But if you make over 100000 a year, you're in the top 30% of all income earners in the world the world. If you make over 150,000, you're in the top 10%. If you make over 200,000, you're in top 5% in the world. So let's get you to step one, which is breaking that six figure barrier. Then you can start to dream and build and become whoever it is you want to be. Maybe that's Andy Frisella or whatever. I don't care. Whatever your dream is, build your life by design. And we just use the tools of sales to get you there because you can write your own paychecks, you can set your own hours. You can start your own business because once you learn how to do sales, sky's the limit. You can do pretty much anything else. That's a short version of it. My man, and, and I love that. And, and what's funny is, yeah, when we we're on your, I was on your podcast, that's exactly what we talked about is I said, uh, yeah, my first job as well was I worked for Transform, which was from Sears. And uh, it was straight commission as well, doing home improvement sales. So I know how tough it is. Um, actually how you said, you know, your first sale wasn't as great. I, I ran through that as well. Um, I had one day or excuse me, my first day on the field, I was with my manager and he was real old school. This man can talk his way through anything. And I was trying to mirror it. Cause he told me, Hey, just do what I do and, I'll, and you'll do it. And it was just for some reason, I mean, I think because he was older, he was able to relate to older clients we had. So it was 100% easy because he's making these analogies from the 90s and dial up. And I'm like, man, I remember dial up. But if I start talking, they're going to know. They picked it out that I was young the moment I walked through the door. They would ask me that majority of houses. So it was, you know, the first one they're combative. And then all of a sudden he closes. And I'm like, man, how did he close? And then I had a second appointment where it was a military guy. And he was just one of those where how to have control this or that, you know, it's hot, that the AC's broken. And then my, my manager, you know, referred it back to me and he was just like, Hey, what are you going to, how are we going to help him in front of the clients so that, you know, yep, how are we yep. going to help him? Awesome. And I was just like, brother, you served the, the Navy for 28 years. Correct. He's like, yeah. I'm like, so you were on the boat and it was hot. Correct. Yes. Okay. Well, wouldn't you say that life's, you know, meant to be enjoyed, not to be in misery. Yeah. You know, happy wife, happy life. Why don't we just get this today, get this all fixed up in the home. You guys can focus on that. He's over here working at um, Special Warfare Command in Coronado Beach. So I was just like, 
you're already living the good life, but your wife's home all day. So she's not. So when you come home, she's not happy. You know what? That makes a good point. And then it was from one of those where we closed them. And I was so surprised that that happened. Uh, but number two, what was kind of funny from there was they set me off on my own. And it was one of those where you learn on the fly and it was, mm-hmm. everything was falling apart. You know, um, they double booked me on appointments. So I had to drive for, or excuse me, two hours and 45 minutes. Yep. So I'm late going into the house. They're having a birthday party. I'm going up there. Um, I lost my measuring tape before. So I'm like trying to measure the unit. Yeah, it was one of those. And then I was also like crawling in the attic. I find it. Um, and, and then here's kind of the sales process side. So this is exactly why I wanted you on today. For me, it was having your process. I didn't have a process because I just went through training. So I went with it. And when we're in training, they're like, oh yeah, you do this uh, log function and you get this sheet taken care of for when you put in the order. So I'm over here doing this Mm in-house and just like the training told me. And then my manager, I call him like, hey brother, it's not working out. I'm not able to fit this. I thought you need this to put the order in. He's like, what are you doing? We don't do that in this county. He's like in LA, that's some funky stuff they do. But in San Diego, we don't do that. So it was one of those where I was just like, (laughs) Bro, yes. you know, and I, I legitimately wasted another 45 minutes in house for that. Mm-hmm. So I find it funny that we both can share these things that happen, brother. But for you, you know, how would you recommend that people can redefine their sales process so they don't repeat some of those mistakes we made earlier on? Sure, sure. And I've been there. So I understand what you're saying. I do love that story you're talking about. You use connection with the customer on you're here in the nice government building. Your wife is at home. Do you want her to be happy with you or not? Because connection and being human and being authentic is key with sales. That's first and foremost. Sales process, it just depends on what you are selling, what you're doing, and what type of sales. So like if you're doing B2B sales, like I set up my day through time blocking from, from 7.30 in the morning to 9.30, I'm just doing admin and emails. Then from 9.30 to 11.30, I'm making calls and I take a lunch. Then from 12.30 to 2, I make calls again. And then I have admin in the afternoon. Now, the reason I put those into those buckets is because I want to collapse time. I want to talk to more people as fast as I can. And then the sales process, there's different ways you can do it. I typically am very much into consultative sales. I'm going to ask you questions about what your problem is, what you need. And my goal is to talk less, have you speak more, and have you tell me what it is that you need. Because then I don't have to go through the whole presentation. Funny story. In the beginning, I was trying to go through the flip chart and the presentation and the stuff. And they're looking at me like, ah, and I finally realized one time I was in a house. I'm like, you know what? Do you want to go through the chart? I asked him right from the go, or do you want to just talk? And the guy goes, dude, I would love to just talk. There's been three of you in here already. I just want to talk. I'm like, cool. So what type of windows do you want? Do you want to be? And I just broke down like the open-ended questions. He told me he popped out his Home Depot card, which I was working for Home Depot at the time, sold it. Why? Because I didn't make it a presentation about what I could do. I made it about questions that would help him as a customer solve a problem. That was a light bulb moment for me. And I've used it in every sales process since. And when I was selling oil and gas over the phone, it was a different setup because, again, now I'm trying to get them to buy something they don't need, but get them to buy something that's a high risk offer. So I had to reframe it to make it be something that they wanted and then take it away from them so that they would say, no, no, I do want it. I can invest a hundred thousand. You know, it's just the, I call it a game in the sales where we call it a game, but really you're just taking them down what we would call the customer journey. Retaking from point A to point B until we get them to close. 
Absolutely. And, and I love how you said that. Um, I've, I've been on both spectrums there. My last job when I was selling um, memberships for veterans getting their disability increased, it was the same thing. I would say for there initially, I was trying to find my groove because it is difficult. But for me, it's is I'm real empathetic. So for it, it was, you know, Vietnam era vets, you know, they're pissed off. Why? They got out. Media's over here, baby killers. So they're already, you know, going. And then this played for years. They didn't get their benefits. So they're screaming sometimes on the phone. So for me, it was, you know, compartmentalizing that and saying, hey, you know, take off the hat after work. I'm cool. You know, need to decompress. But what that was as well was you get those ones that were real driven, dominant in the conversation. Um, so if you didn't set those boundaries and for me, you know, I'm a friendly guy, I'm consultative as well. So I'm asking those questions. And it was one of those where I was like, okay. And then I was looking at my team and I was like, how is everybody closing more than me? Because again, you know, I went back to the training versus the sales process of what's actually going to work for me. So in my case, um, it was closing them on the phone. You know what? I actually just sent you a link. I actually just text you the link. Um, I emailed it to you. Do you want to pull that up? I can walk you through signing right now. Then we can be able to get you moving forward so we can assign you that coach within 24 hours. And it was just like, boom, after I did that, you know, I was able to realize that, hey, maybe some of these people either didn't know how to walk through it or they shortcut because our system, um, it would say step three. But when you didn't see it, it says you're all finished, it wouldn't go through. And then, for instance, I had even the people that had the high integrity, you know, the the lifers, 30 years in the military. Are you questioning my my intellect? And it was just one of those where it's like, no, not at all. I want to make sure because for some reason it's not going through. We're not able to get you connected with your coach. I'm getting this hate email from them. It comes out that he was doing it on his phone the whole time and it goes to a white screen. But it was like I had to ask those questions. So I love the way you said that, brother. And I'd say for you, you know, what would you say is the difference and kind of the time period to be using soft closes versus hard closes with clients? Um, it's knowing your audience and knowing Absolutely. what you're selling. So again, I'll go back to the oil and gas. Oil and gas sales, I was selling investments in oil wells to the top 5% in the US um, and the top 5% of that group. Because so you have people that are accredited investors. You actually have to make, actually it's top 1%, sorry, because you have to make more than 250000 a year to be in that bracket. Now, when I was selling Absolutely. it, they were in it, but now the numbers have gone up a little bit. Um, but it's a high risk thing and it leans super right because oil and gas just does. I mean, like you have to know your audience. So I'm talking Absolutely. to good old boys, alpha males for the most part. There's a few women that invest, but mostly guys. And I literally would have to call them on their shit. There's no other way around. I had to literally be like, you know what, Anders, if you can't handle this, I got five other guys I can go talk to. You just said you're interested. It's a hundred thousand to get in. If you can't dip your toe at that, that's fine. I'll go talk to them. And I would shut up. So that was in the, I'm using the, I'm equal with you thing. Whereas if I'm talking to a lady, like a lady CFO or whatever, a lot of times, and there's differences between men and women in general, when you're guiding them, you ask a woman stuff. Sometimes you had to tell a man because men like, you know, we are always like, ah, we're going to push. Ladies like it when you ask them the questions, when you Absolutely. ask if you can help them, like, hey, would this benefit you? So like when I was selling, even with freezing windows inciding, I knew if I got the woman because inside the house, she was the decision maker for stuff around the house. So man might pretend he was, but we know how that works. 90% of the time the woman did it, but I'd have to change my thought process and how I would respond because everyone's different. And then culturally, there's different cultures that you either have to negotiate with 
or you got to be super straightforward with. And it's it's like a complete cultural thing. Like, so if I'm talking to someone from India, nine times out of 10, well, and, I and I love that. them, they're great people. I love they feel offended if they can't negotiate and get a better price. So you start with a higher price and lower it so that they feel they get a good deal. It's just a cultural thing. Like I've tried to be just straightforward. Hey, this is price, whatever. And they didn't believe me. They thought I was trying to cheat them. Whereas if I start with a higher price and lowered it. So it's knowing your audience first and then just guiding them down the path to where they're either a ready to make a decision B, giving you a follow-up date, or C, giving you at least an objection. Because I hear all these people saying, well, if I can get them to say yes, yes, yes all the time, it's great. No, that's crap. If they're just telling you yes, 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 it's really a no. They're just not telling you what's really the problem. They're going to get you off the phone or out of their house. But if you get them to a point where, like, if I said, hey, you know what, what's your issue with this? Or what is there anything in this that you don't feel comfortable with and you tell me, well, now I know I'm really in the negotiation at that point. Once I get a no... That's when closing starts. Until you get a no, that's not closing. You're still in the presentation. Um, so, I mean, there's just, like I said, there's so many different little angles you can go at it. It's knowing your audience, finding their pain point, asking for the sale, which most people don't do. And then after they say no for the first time, reframing it, asking again. And then if they say no, be like, okay, cool. Is it a timing thing? Is it a money thing? Is it, do you need to talk to someone else? But when you ask that one, this is this is a key. When you ask someone about if they need to talk to someone else, don't cut them down. So say maybe they're in the IT department or office manager. I always like this. Hey, Landers, here's the thing. I work with the team as well. Do you need to go talk with someone on your team about this project? That gives them empowerment, makes them feel good and strong. Don't be the dick that goes and say, hey, you got to go talk to your boss. Don't you? you can't make this decision. I've seen so many salespeople do that. I'm like, you're cutting your person off that could be your best supporter inside the business by undercutting them because no one wants to feel like they're not important. No one wants to feel like they're not special or they don't have a purpose or a place, even in an organization, whatever. So yeah, that, I know I give you a bunch there, but that's kind of the, the keys that were just popping in my head. No, no, I, I love that brother. And I can totally agree. Um, I've been in those Indian households, you know, where you go in there, you take off your shoes first mm-hmm. And then they're already doing it, questioning this out the door. I already have three people who give us prices. I just need a price. I need you to go. And then my uh, boy at the time, because he kind of took me under his wing, top sales rep. And I was shortly after following in his footsteps, you know, and even now we're still great friends. Um, and it was one of those where he's like, hey, this is what we need to do. They're going to want to barter. They're going to want to do this. So just kind of sit to the side, watch. And then even when I went into the houses on my own, it was that same deal mm-hmm. where it was, hey, they're already looking for it. You know, they're educated on what they're buying. They really just want to see, you know, what you can take them to. At the same time, you know, we're selling the same product that's more than everybody else. So we have to be able to show what's more. And in cases, you know, you're supposed to go through that presentation. Sometimes you don't even pull the laptop, you know, and that was one of the things the company was like, presentation, presentation. But what we found is, is you don't even need to do that half the time. Or with Windows, we can show double pane, you can pop them out, you can clean them. People love that, you know, so it was like picking up on those small things. And I, and I do agree there, you know, is knowing the audience, know how to close. I would definitely would say that as you talk to a woman versus a man, completely different because you will have those A players that drive it. And then you really got to make them, you know, question themselves or some of those, you know, they want to question to see if you're going to back down. So that's where I would say that, you know, is um, I, I, I actually just seen an Alex Ramazzi video and I used to do this all the time when they would say and they would be like, 
when you go towards selling the product, you would say it's only this much. So I'd be like, the, the window's only 9997. So they're like $10,000. And I said, yeah. And they're like, well, could it be less? Like, it could be more. And yep, they're like, yep. you know what? No, no, that's fine because they don't want to pay more. So it's just like having those psychological tricks to be able to kind of play, but knowing, hey, this is what it is. They're shopping. You're, you're great, 100% there. And I know we have talked about, you know, kind of like the sales process um, closing. How, how significant would you say role playing is, you know, for entry level people and even people that are higher achievers in your case as well, to where you need to be able to get those reps in still or try those new things to diversify so you can be able to close more? Yeah, I think it's huge. Uh, most salespeople don't like to role play. In the beginning, follow your presentation some because you're not there yet. Just want to Absolutely. put that as a caveat. As you learn more and have been in up to bat, as I like to say, um, you are able to, you know, maybe not just hit fastballs, but then you can hit curveballs and other stuff as well. And then it's just moving into positioning with the right person for what you need to accomplish. And then just, I always tell people this, sell your grandma. If you would say it to your grandma, say it to your customer. If you want and you feel guilty about it, don't do it because they're going to know. I am big on ethical, moral, and best interest of the customer in mind. That's what I teach my students. That's what I teach people. And then when I got into sales, I kept, well, in the door or in the roofing one, I was the guy, so I couldn't go to anyone. But once I got into other deals, like in oil and gas, I went to the guy that was producing 3.2 million for the company. And I obviously was like, I just need to learn. I want to find out. Another thing you can do is get coaches, coaches in any area because they shrink time for you. I think that's the biggest thing. A lot of people, especially salespeople, we're really prideful at times. We want to be the man. We want to be the alpha, adi, adi, whatever. Do you know that if you listen to someone else and they can help you take two to five years off, you can be so much farther than if you had to fight your way through it. I've been the guy that fought my way through it. It sucks. It's not fun eating dirt and working 70, 80 hours a week and stuff. Now I got my process down with my day job. I work from seven to three and I beat everybody on my team for the most part. Like there are a few people, but they're inbound. They get what I call warm leads or laydowns. I have to go and hunt and I'm still always in the top of my department and I work for multiple dark company, but it's because I learned the process. I connect with my customer. I hear what they're saying. I put their interests before mine. I even refer them to someone else if I can't help them. Absolutely. But that will make it come back to you a hundredfold because sales is a transfer of energy. Sales is relating and touching your customer and sales is just helping them out. And if you get that right, people are going to know and they're going to like and trust you because they like you. They trust you and they believe you. And that's it. Once you have that down, you win. Your product might not be as good, but if they like you, they're going to buy from you over someone else. I, I love how you said that. And that kind of struck me to be able to talk about something that I was going to cover earlier, but we went over it. Um, and it's kind of, you know, bringing those clients that may be a little bit heated back down to earth. So for me, when I was in the mortgage industry, 
um, I would be having to qualify people. And there would be those people that are business owners, but they write everything off. So they would be making, you know, 340, but in reality, making 40,000. So it was one yeah. of those where we, hey, we need to figure out what we can do. Do you have any annuities? Do you have any um, IRAs? Do you have anything that we can draw from? And it was kind of, you know, learning the art to talk with it. And what was cool was, like we said, you know, getting that mentor, having that person, that the consultant that shrinks that time. And it was um, having the boss like that. The guy I was working with, who was one of the top loan closers in the um, industry, he would specifically, you know, didn't show any motion and, and he would go through it and, hey, we need to do this. Let's draw money from here. You need to set it for three years after the loan closes. You can shortly after close it so you're not pulling from there. Boom. And it was just like the matter of that or when they're calling, screaming, he'd be like, all right, you know, he'd mute it, let him go through it. Absolutely. You know, I totally understand where you're coming from. So that's where it allowed me to be able to use it. Cause like you said, you know, you got to use that people aspect in it, but you also got to make sure that they're seen, heard, and then you have that action going forward. So listening, you would be able to have that. So is there anything else you would add to like having that client who's angry and kind of hearing them out so you can be able to help mm -hmm. them up to the fullest? Sure. Um, and there's different ways to do it, but what I like to do mostly is I let them go. I'm just like, cool. I let them just, you know, vent and just talk because Absolutely. he who talks more loses. So I'm letting them talk. I'm letting them get it out. Then I'm like, hey, Alondris, I understand. So what I'm hearing you say is the other rep you talked to promised you this for X, Y, Z, but gave you B. Is that correct? And I'll get them to repeat it. And then that made you feel pretty shitty, right? I won't say shitty because but I, we said it here, but you know what I mean? I, I'm going to say something to that point of I hear you. I confirmed what you said. I repeated it back to you to make sure you knew I understood what you were saying. And then I'm like, cool, I get that. I first and foremost apologize for the company if it's something to do with the company I'm working with. Or, yeah, other people may do that. That's not how I operate. And then I give them a, this is who I am. This is how I operate. And it can be something as simple as, what I do for my customers is this. You have a project manager that's going to take care of this project. But if you ever need to call me, here's my direct line. I give them my direct line. You call me, I will be there to help you out. Again, I'm just walking them down the line with them saying, this is what we're going to do for you. I am going to be a part of it for the whole time. But here's the caveat because it's going to burn you, burn you, burn you if you don't. When they call with a problem, you better answer. Because Absolutely. word of mouth is so much more powerful because if you can get into the referral world and people sending people to you, you make so much more money. So there have been times I've gotten calls at eight o'clock at night or emails and I've had to hop on and reach out and try and get stuff done for a customer. But when you take care of that customer, what happens is all their friends that need something, well, now they're your friends because Alondris took care of me when I had an issue at eight o'clock on a Friday night. He was supposed to be out and he took care of me. And when you do that, you just want it's human connection. Sales is just human connection. It's just guiding them down something they're going to do anyway. And I teach this with my clients all the time. If you're moral, if you're ethical, and you have your customer's best interest in mind, who better to sell them than you? And once you keep that, dude, it, it sky's the limit. You can literally write your own paycheck. No, no, absolutely. I agree with you there. And I really love how you said that. That's exactly what I was going to want to touch up on next was just the power of referrals to where you can be able to build that lead flow, even that, or even, you know, associating yourself with high level people as well, 
allows you to do that. Kind of like you, um, Zach's having that alpha underdog yep, event yep. out in uh, July and you're going to be there. Like that's yes. one of those things where you're going to be able to rub elbows, you know, with those millionaires, with those high level guests that he has um, and be able to build that. So amazing brother. I really loved how you said that. And we've talked about sales. We talked about referrals. Now I want to give you a little more floor. Um, how about your podcast, brother? What is, what is the 150K podcast about? You know, what's your mission kind of direction of where you're taking your podcast, brother? Sure. And something really cool. I just posted this on my page. I didn't know this. A buddy of mine, Ben, sent it to me. Uh, my podcast is in the top five globally for podcasts in the world. There's like 2.5 million podcasts. So that made me super happy. One thing I do teach a lot is celebrate your wins. But the podcast, it's called 150K Podcast, is helping people take their dreams to six figures and beyond. Now, it doesn't have to be sales. I bring in a, people from all different walks of life. I just had Jordan from Drop Funnels on. I've had Tony Watley, Side Hustle Millionaire. I've had Zach Babcock. You're on the show. They haven't gotten to hear you yet, but his episode's great. That's going to be dropping soon. But I just bring in a lot of different people from different walks of life. I had a CFO on that can show you different ways to break that barrier because I want you to build your life by design. I don't want you to build what someone else tells you you need to have. You know, you see the Lambos, you see the trips, you see stuff. I don't care. What do you want out of life? Well, once you break the 100K barrier, you're able to start to dream and breathe because we've all been there with the pressure of life. We've all been there with like, how am I going to pay the bills? Gas prices are five bucks a gallon right now. You know, what's going on? And if you don't have that pressure, now you can actually get into the creative. Now you can actually get into building who you want to become or what your family wants to become. And it doesn't mean you have to have a podcast like me and Alondris. It doesn't mean you have to do extra stuff. It might just be you go on trips and have fun. It's cool. What is your life by design? So that's the goal of the podcast. Absolutely, brother. And I loved being a guest on there. So thank you again. And, and I'm an avid listener as well. And that's one of the things I love preaching about, you know, it's really helping people reflip that narrative around. And that's why I say it's, you know, recalibrating your mindset because it may mean that for some people, it may be throwing away everything that, you know, like we, we gave a masterclass today on sales, sales for a lot of people. They're like, I don't want to be the sleazy sales guy. I don't want to be this. I don't want to be this, but they don't realize like, like for instance, right. My mom's one of those. She doesn't want to get into sales, but she's probably one of the best sales people I've mm -hmm. ever met. My dad's the hardcore closer and that's him. And she's the one that goes to the supermarket and takes her 45 minutes. Cause she's talking to everybody versus me. I'm like, I got to go in there. I got to get out. That's that. If I connect with somebody, Hey brother, what's up? We have a deep conversation. But other than that, with me, you know, it's learning to get outside that box. So I really love that and how you said that there. And I'd say, you know, in your case, um, what would be the key of getting these high level guests on your podcast and how are you doing that, brother? Sure. Networking. I'm a huge networker. I am in Facebook groups. I go to events like I'm going to be doing at Zach's. Exactly. Um, and then I just treat people normal. Like we're talking here. When I've reached out to people, I just talk to them normal. There's no I don't like kiss her butt for lack of a better term. I don't like, Oh, you did this. That's great. They put their pants on just like I do. I treat them normal because most of the time everyone's a fanboy or a fangirl. So when they can actually have a true authentic conversation, it's great. And then there's little tricks and tools. If you want to get into someone's world, start engaging in their content, start making Absolutely. comments, let them get to know you first. Don't just DM pitch them. That's a process later on. Start getting into the world, engaging with them, engaging with their groups, and make relevant comments. Do not go, oh, you're the best ever. People don't like that. That's good for like a half a moment. 
But like when they do a post that you like, give some thoughtful insight because like, oh, because they read their posts. They want to see who they're engaging with. And then once you do that, start going to events, start networking. You know how many people I've gotten from my George Ryan event for this podcast? Tons. I just had Jordan on from Drop Funnel, founder of Drop Funnel, great program. And I met him at an event. I didn't even know who he was before. And now I use the product. Like, it's just getting those connections, being real and being authentic, and then stay in the course. Like I just dropped episode 79 of my podcast. I started it last June. It's June 2022 now. So within one year, I'm at 79 episodes. So power awesome. of consistency. That's the thing a lot of people mess up with because entrepreneurs we're entrepreneurs here right you know it's a hard game you have to be willing to do it when you're happy when you're sad when life's going good when life's not going good you have to be able to just keep showing up that's the other key the more that they see you being there the more they see you keep putting out content the more they see you keep showing up the better not let me rephrase that i've loved all my guests you get higher level guests the more episodes you go and the more consistent you are because they've seen that you're going to not be a flash in the pan. A hundred percent agree with you there, brother. And that's what I love about you. Um, even following you on social media before we even started being, you know, having that good friendship and we talk regularly, that was one of those things where you were commenting on my post and I was like, man, who's this guy? I got to get, I got to get a hold of Joe and be able to have that conversation. And then you even sent me um, a message and you were like, Hey brother, can you please send me over your podcast? I really love to listen to it. Like that right there built that relationship. And that's where I'm like, you know what, Joe's a good dude. I've read your things. We both, you know, comment on our things, but you made that experience even greater. So I really love you sharing that tidbit brother. And um, last thing here, you know, where could anybody find you if they want to carry your message, want to hear more for you um, and be able to reach out to you, brother. Sure. Uh, I have it. I keep it super simple. So the podcast is 150K podcast. We did it on Apple, Spotify, Breaker, wherever you get your podcast is there. Um, Instagram's 150K podcast, the 150K podcast, because you can't do the number. And then I have a Facebook group called the 150K podcast. It's me in the DMs. I answer all the questions. If you comment on my post, I comment back. Um, I'm all about engagement. I do a lot more in the community on Facebook and then Instagram, but yeah, that's the easiest place you can find me. Absolutely, brother. And last thing, kind of like the funny question you have for me, uh, but we're going to give you two here. So first thing is going to be, if you um, had to recalibrate your mindset and you're at that point where you're trying to figure out how to get to that next level, what is the one piece of advice you would give? Ooh, for recalibrating my mindset. It's give me three things. One, Find someone that can, who has what I want Two, absorb their content. Three, if I can get to talk to them, figure out a way to get on a call with them to ask questions, but in that order, figure out who it is, absorb content, learn some of the stuff. So I'm not asking basic questions because when I get in the room with that person, I want to make sure that I'm asking important questions that are going to change my life forever. Absolutely. And I'm going to kind of cap off the question you asked me because you got me clicking, brother. But if there was one person you can have a conversation with and really just pick their mind, um, who would that be, brother? Ooh, one person. Yeah, I do ask this question. Um, <laughs> see, it changes all the time. It's a damn good question. Yeah, right? it is. Right now, I'd say Napoleon Hill because I'm going through. Um, it's just like one of the most important books in. Like my mind just went a blank, but I was listening to his book, um, Thinking Go Rich. I had to think about it there for a moment. But I'd want to go and just pick his brain. But I like the 1800s, early 1900 gangster area, 
that whole ecosystem of American stuff at that time. I just liked the, um, not that it was perfect by any means, but just like, you know, you watch those movies and stuff that it just seems interesting to me. So yeah, Napoleon Hill would be fun to go in, you know, Pick's Brain or someone like Rockefeller or one of them that did it before this because they had to, they made millions of dollars without technology. And so it was a little bit different game. Yeah, I, I was just learning about that with Rockefeller. I, I know Rockefeller and I've read into them and that, but I was just looking at it again the other day and it was just like, so they created all this to create an insurance policies to take money out of it and then be able to set their family up. So when they go to college, it's all paid for. And it was like, mm -hmm. that's the stuff you don't learn about. So like you said, getting in the room with the right people, being able to engage in their content, absorbing their content, and then asking the questions, that's exactly it. But what I would say is amazing and why I wanted to ask you that question specifically is you drew that conclusion for me where it was like, man, if you really look at it, the people from the early days, even you know in BC areas, um, Romans, they said these things, you know what I mean, that were still relevant today. Yeah. Like the, and we're, we're reading it, you know, I like to go outside of that, you know, biblical sense, because biblical we know, mm -hmm. but it's one of those where it's like, even knowing it, learning about Stoicism, um, which I've been huge on this year. It's like, man, these things that I'm following every single day that I'm doing help us, brother. So I really appreciate you coming on, Joe. It's been an honor. Thank you again, my friend. We're definitely going to have you on in the future. And when we do start the second podcast, Alpha Influence Media. So thank you again, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you guys for tuning in. It's been an immense pleasure being the host of The Winner's Paradigm, being able to teach some of the lessons that I've learned as well as interact with other individuals. Now I need some action to be taken from you guys as well. First thing, leave a five-star rating and honest review so we can know how the podcast helped you. Then refer us to a friend because there's nothing better than to hear from word of mouth what somebody else is doing. So let them know, hey, Winner's Paradigm, we're helping people find ways to win. Then from there, you guys got to check out those show notes in the descriptions. We're going to have everything in there that you're going to need to succeed, whether it's one on one consulting it's someone helping you out, you know, with your finances, your business, or it could even be touching up on products that are going to actually help you be healthier and live a better life. This is the Winner's Paradigm podcast. This is where we help you gain those tools so you can achieve your definition of success. I am your host, Alundis Havens. It's been an honor being able to share these journeys with you. Peace.